If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Team Fearless, if you didn't already know, I closed on close to 100 doors in just under two years, and I did it without using any of my own money and without leaving the comfort of my office chair. Now I did this with something I like to call the caster method. And maybe you've heard me talk about it, but now is your chance to actually learn this exact method from me. In my five day caster challenge, I'm gonna help you find hot deals. You're gonna hear real conversations that I have with sellers that are live. And by day five, you will have everything you need to get on the phone with a motivated seller in your market. Jump on this five day caster challenge today. Go to thefearlessinvestors.co backslash five day. That's thefearlessinvestors.co backslash five day. Let me show you exactly how good deals are created, not just found. See you there. What is up? We got the Fearless Investors Podcast. It is the first time, right, Lame, that you and I have actually like done an intro here because last week I introduced you and there was this yes, big sir. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we get to kind of shoot the breeze a little bit before we introduce our our uh, guest Chris Larson who we had a really fascinating conversation with Chris and this 18 and a half year cycle. Um I think you guys are going to have uh, a lot of fun listening to this and you might even have to like rewind a couple times and be like, yep. wait, what do you say there? Because, you know, he he's a very like analytical looking for patterns. And if you can't see this, and by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, I would encourage you to re-listen and re-watch this on the YouTube channel because he, he has a few different uh, visuals that I think would help you to understand this even more. But uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But man, Lama, we've been, we have been busy in the middle of this five-day challenge. Uh, we have been uh, busy getting everything with our caster course and caster five day challenge and and man uh it's been exciting it's been really oh exciting. man it's been a ton of fun and uh you know you kind of like look at things different when you slow down and you put you know your thoughts on paper and yeah. it's just uh it's been an interesting way to like look at you know my journey and like what i've been able to accomplish and be able to put it into a format that you know, is, is easily digestible. It's been fun. It's been a lot of, it's a very unique experience. Well, that just makes me want to like start keeping a journal. I need to keep a journal. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> the podcast is for brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I've seen that with you as we were kind of, you know, creating a lot of the content around it. You were like, man, I haven't done a cold call in a really long time. I got to remember like how I did that. And it, and then, you know, you picked it up just like riding a bike and, and have been able to not only do it, but teach it. And, um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the results that we're going to be seeing, you know, today's February 1st as this is being released and we're in the middle of our live five day challenge. For those of you that are like, wait, 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 wait I missed out on this. It's okay. We're recording the five day challenge. In fact, if you even listen to this on February 1st, you can get into the final day live in the five day challenge where Lame is going to actually be giving 
U.S. See me fail, baby. See me get slapped in the face. You're going to see him call. You're going to see him get hung up on. You're going to see him maybe uh, not get anyone on the phone. Who knows (laughs) at answering their phones? Sorry if you're a realtor. Uh, But but I mean, all of this is being recorded. You can go check it out. The Fearless Investors. Co the fearlessinvestors.co around the homepage there it's going to say buy your next short-term rental with none of your own money and right there from your desktop and that's that's what i love about this man is that, you know i was talking to someone recently and they were like you know i've got 30 short-term rentals and coasting and arbitrage and we didn't really grow a lot last year and we want to pivot and we want to own more but like i just don't have time i still got my full-time job yep and like you don't you don't need a lot of time for this yep. based on how you've done it yep hundred percent. And that's what I, cause again, like, you know, it was only, you know, two, three years ago where I was watching these podcasts and I was a student, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that trajectory has come by way of this strategy of being able to just build a portfolio that you own here, like from here, from like my desk and my computer. Right. And so, and, and everybody's doing it right. I mean, there's a lot of people that are benefiting from this that we're already seeing and uh, you know, I'm excited to be able to just give it in a way where it's, you know, a very unique approach to it that I think only we are doing. Um, and we're taking the creative acquisition side of that and, you know, basically putting that into a mode that is very unique to us. So it's fun. It's fun time, man. So, well, and, and what I love about it too, I I had another person who was like, yeah, but like, I want to be more diverse than short-term rentals. And I'm like, great, like do it. Make sure, yeah. make sure you're buying your properties so that they will cash flow as long-term rentals as well. Make sure that, you know, we, in this conversation we just had with Chris, he talks about senior living, like, okay, yep. great. Buy a short-term rental. And all I know about, you know, senior living as one of my mentors has done a lot of it is, you know, four bedrooms or larger, buy four bedroom or larger short-term rentals that you can turn into senior living. If something happens, yeah. You know, I don't sit here and say like, yeah, Airbnb will be around forever. Short-term rentals will always be a major cash flow play. I think right now it still is if you're doing it the right way, but you should also be buying things that are like making sense and not fully leveraging yourself to only have one exit strategy. I think, I don't, I don't think that's the 100%. way. Well, and even in, uh, you know, and we have a video somewhere of Will talking about, you know, how he utilized you know, the caster method to close on 40 acres. Yeah. And then shortly after that, he bought a business creatively. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like, yeah. John, John said too, a good friend of ours. He just yep. did that recently. So yep. uh, th- this is a tool in your tool belt that you need to have right now. And you'll actually hear during this conversation with Chris, how he talks about now is a great time to do creative financing, but doing it the right way. Right. And 100%. not, not, not going and over leveraging yourself, not going and just like throwing out numbers just to get a deal doing it in a way that's going to keep you uh, leveraged appropriately, buying the right types of properties. And that's everything that Lame is teaching um, in this five-day challenge. So go check it out, thefearlessinvestors.co. And you can go ahead and take the free, free. I, I, I don't think we say that free, enough. Free, like, free. People asking me <laughs> how much for it. It's free. It's absolutely free. That, 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 <laughs> I think it's word out. For the about- people, for the people. Yes, absolutely. But Lame, anything uh, you want to say about this conversation with Chris before we dish it over? I mean, dude's a stud, as you mentioned, I mean, this is super high level, like market stuff that anybody that, especially if you're actively in real estate with more than one door, like this is something you should pay close attention to. The guy's a stud, man. And he, uh, explains a market cycle that I think is extremely fascinating. So I, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a pleasure to be on 
with him as my first one, right? So I'm I'm excited to dive into it. So let's do that right now. Chris Larson with the Fearless Investors. Let's go. What's up, guys? We are here with the new look Fearless Investors podcast. We got Lame here with us, and we're gonna be asking one of the big hitters in real estate here, Chris Larson, uh, some questions about this 18 and a half year real estate cycle, which by the way, like Lame and I, we've been in real estate for a while, but we were like, just like, give me a little bit of synopsis before, because I haven't, I haven't heard of this. So we're excited about this. Usually, right. We would give you a little bit of an intro, but you've been on the show. This is number three. So <laughs> it's just that good. It's that good. He's that good looking, you know? <laughs> Especially, well, when he's I, don't, like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Here <laughs> so now, it's winter time. It's cold over there, right? Uh, but man, I'm, I'm excited to have you back on. Um, why don't you yeah. just first of all get, give a quick uh, business update if you don't mind? What's your yeah. real estate looking like these days? What are you focusing on? Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. And it's funny, like I grow the beard every winter. But what, what I find is it, this is this is something that's interesting. Women will come up to me and be like, you look like you look really good in a beard. Like they'll say that, <laughs> you know, which if you think about it, that's like, which is true, which she, is true. She tells me she doesn't care. She loves me either way. And I, I think she, yeah, I think she likes a little bit of change, but it's funny. Cause that's just another way of saying like, you should cover up more of your face. Right. Isn't that really? So it's, but it is funny. Like women, women will tell me I look good when I have a beard, but I never hear that without a beard. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. No, I'm, um, I'm the same. I'm yeah, there you, you want to see it's, me without a beard. I look like a 12 year old kid with wrinkles yeah. in my eyes. <laughs> hey, you, yes. hey you, you guys are both lucky. I just don't get complimented at all. About how I look, you know? <laughs> yeah, there we go, man. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But um, anyway, so thanks for noticing the beard. But yeah, so we're uh, we're early 2024 now. Our, our business, we have two, two pieces of our business. We have next level investing. We also have uh, our next level investments. We have next level income. Next Level Income is a financial education platform. You can check us out at nextlevelincome.com. That's why we're a big fan of Kyle. Kyle, you've been on our private coaching group. Um, you've been on our podcast as well. We love we love everything that you do out there. I think I just sent you somebody here last week. And then we have Next Level Investments. So we work with a lot of passive investors. And we work. Um, we started in the multifamily space with our investors. I started originally in this in the single family space. Um, we've done we've done developments. We've done um, some offices, but really our business has grown and we focus on multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks, which which have, have been doing very well kind of during this go. period. Yep. Affordability crisis. Um, and then car washes. This is actually our car wash brand. Oh my. Um, this is hey. my, my favorite hat of the moment. So um, I like I like the colors that match my shirt. So I figured I'd I'd wear it. And we um, we have 31 current washes. They're express tunnel car washes. And we also have two short-term rentals. So I'm Yo, that's cool. I yeah, so I we got them we got them right here in got a little bit Asheville, North Carolina. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was this close to buying a property right outside of Asheville, and and then I I just the the numbers got me a little bit, eh. and so I I ended up going to a place in Kentucky. But I was I was this close to being a, a neighbor short term rental of yours. Hey man, anything to get you out here, buddy. Bring bring that beautiful <laughs> family of yours. I love following you along. On Facebook, there yeah. you got a beautiful, absolutely two two beautiful additions to your family here in the recent history. Agreed, agreed. Thanks. So yeah. your portfolio is super diverse, yep. um, and obviously yes. you're, you're you're an expert. You're going to talk today about kind of the real estate cycles. Has your decisions of like where to invest and what to invest been directly related to 
kind of the market cycle or did you kind of just niche down and then you just started to grow into other assets as they became available? Yeah, great, great question, Lame. Like that's, that's a, you know, and I could say, oh, I, I'm, I'm brilliant and I, you know, came upon this amazing strategy, you know, 25 years ago when I started um, with my first property. But I, I'm here to, to talk to you today if you're listening because I want to share with you what I learned and the mistakes I made. Um, yeah. So I do, I have, I have an MBA in finance. I'm an absolute, I'm, I'm just a finance nerd. I love everything kind of relating to money and investments. And I'm constantly reading books and studying things. And I'm always looking for patterns. And I like, I'm, I'm a risk averse kind of person, Lame. Mm. So I'm always trying to figure out like what, what is the underlying trend that really drives, you know, ec economic right. trends or drives money. When I was in college trying to figure out what I was going to do um, to make money and also what types of investments I was going to make, I stumbled upon this demographic data and it showed that if you follow demographic trends, then you could find out like what, what kind of bets to make, you know, essentially yeah. in the future. Yeah. So I learned about, you know, I, I, I started buying single family rentals when I was 21 years old, bought my first property um, in Blacksburg, Virginia, um, basically did a house hack. And then I think I told that on our first podcast, yeah. Kyle. And then I, I started, I, I learned about multifamily investing because I was like, I was not happy with the returns I was getting in just long-term single family rentals and my equity had gone up and my return on equity had gone down. And the, the group I talked to as a, as a passive investor at the time started to talk about demographics, which I, which I write about in my book. And, oh, by the way, I, I should have said this at the top. If you want a copy, go to nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link. We'll even send you a copy for free. Okay. So if oh, you cool. listen today, you can love get a free it. copy. But yeah, so and I, I, put, I put this section in my book. So if you look at the demographic trends, when I was talking to this group, they were telling me, oh, yeah you know, the renter population is growing and they're, they're talking about the renter population. And I was like, well, this is crazy because this is exactly the same data that I was looking at and why I got into the medical device industry. Interesting. So I got into the medical device industry because the baby boomers were aging, most affluent generation in history, most active generation in history. What is that? <laughs> it's reading. I don't know. You know, that's yeah, that's pretty wild. What else? What else can I there we go. Yeah. I started making faces. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, hey, this is a good long term demographic trend I can follow for the next 20 years. Well, what else? Multifamily. Look at that uptrend. Right. Yeah, so this yeah. is the, the renter trend. That's a great trend if you're if you want to own property and rent it. Right. Um, what is another great trend? People, especially millennials, they're comfortable with technology. They would rather rent an Airbnb sure. than a hotel. That's another yep. trend you can follow. So I've always followed these trends, Lame, but in, in my learning process, I stumbled upon this 18 and a half, and actually it's, it's 18.6 years to be precise, real estate cycle. So I think if you, can, if you can overlay the real estate and money cycle and demographic cycles, and then, you know, ultimately get down to what your real estate strategy is, which is, as you alluded to, I'm agnostic. Like we focus on commercial, but look, if short-term rentals, yeah. multifamily, it works, washes, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you choose, if you understand this knowledge, you can be more successful in my opinion. Mm -hmm. More tools in the tool belt. Yeah, exactly. Love it. So yeah, dive into 18 and a half year cycles. Like what, what are we talking yeah. about here? What, what exactly is this trend? And how do we take advantage of it? Yes. So, you know, going back 10 years when I was, I was um, doing this online seminar. So 
picture me, I'm a medical device rep, I'd be on call and I'd be sitting there waiting for a surgery to start at seven o'clock, nine o'clock, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. And I would like learn, I would just read stuff, I'd go online. And uh, I watched this presenter, Philip Anderson, I was like, he starts talking about this. I'm like, that's interesting. And I started to think, okay, like, let me go back. So my parents were both in the real estate business. So my father, I'm sorry, my stepfather, my father passed away when I was younger. Um, but my stepfather was a contractor and he was working as a, as a manager, as a, like a foreman, essentially. My mother was working as, as an executive assistant or a secretary, as they used to say back then, um, for a company called JD Construction. Has anybody yeah. heard of Jimmy Dean Sausage? He had a construction yep. company. Yeah, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Wow. Um, there you go. So he had a construction company. They worked for this company. Well, during the savings and loan crisis, they both lost their jobs. So uh-huh. I'll never forget that. 9-11 happened. I'll never forget that. 2008 happened. Never forget that. I'm, I'm seeing, as, as I'm listening to this gentleman's presentation, I'm going back just in my short life and, and, and thinking about this. The 80s inflation, all of those things. I'm like, this is crazy. So you go back and you look and this cycle goes back all the way into the 1850s. And I'm always looking, Kyle, for something to to disprove this cycle. Okay. Okay. So I just, I'm big, I'm a big reader of Ray Dalio as well. And he talks, he's Bridgewater Capital. I think if you look at his track record, he's actually more successful than um, Warren Buffett. Um, And he, he just wrote an article that I read this week and it said, Seven-year economic cycles, plus or minus. It's like, okay, see, 10-year cycles, plus or minus. And if you add those together, they all fit into this. So what, what is the 18-and-a-half-year cycle, okay? So it's a, it's a seven-year up cycle, a mid-cycle slowdown, another seven-year up cycle, and then a four-year down cycle. So it looks like up seven, down for about a year, up seven, kind of down sideways for about four years. Now, what what creates this? What causes this? So, if you look at that and you say, "Okay, that I can see that, Chris," but why? I, like, I wanted to know why, and I'm like, "Why is this?" Philip Anderson writes in his book, and I'll share this as well. If you want to kind of dive in, you can see it's like as thick as a Bible. It's called "The Secret Life of Real Estate and Banking," and he talks about he makes the correlation between land price and credit creation. Now, we're all real estate people for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. The three of us are certainly. If you're listening, you probably are as well. So my wife and I started buying land um, in 2012, I think it was, maybe 2011. But, you know, right right around the time of the kind of the end of the last four-year slowdown. So okay. if the last cycle peaked in 2007, 2008, you know, then the bottom was around 2011, 2012, right in there. Okay. So then... You know, we started buying land and we could buy a lot for, say, $50,000, pay cash. Then what does the bank do? The bank will give us a loan for, say, $300,000 to build a house. Sure. It's going to be worth three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. So it's like, okay, why is that? They're lending on the value of the land. Well, check it out. If the value of the land goes up another $50,000, it doubles in price, which we've seen land prices easily double during this period then you can, you can build a bigger house. Well, think about it this way. You pay $50,000, you build a home, you make $50,000 in profit. Now I go and buy a $100,000 lot and I do it all over again. If everybody is doing this throughout the economy, you know, business owners and people that are buying homes, you're know, buying and selling homes, what is the common denominator in all this? If you rent a building, 
What's the common denominator? It's the land if you knock the building down. And the government acknowledges this as well because they essentially say, hey, that land is eventually going to depreciate. Yep. Well, the building depreciates, but it's still worth more. What is capturing the value? It's the land underneath the building. Yep. Does that make sense? Cost eggs, all that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's how that's why real estate is so powerful because you have the land component that holds the value and you have this, you know, this building in some way shape or form that creates value for the user but also has these depreciation benefits. So it's it's almost like magic. So I'll, I'll pause there, you know, because that's kind of like laying the framework for how this all plays out. That's fascinating. And yeah. so I guess my question to you is like, you know, obviously you were in the real estate game as you were yeah. seeing all this and you kind of started putting things together. I guess when, when, when would you say you kind of figured it out? Like you, you yeah. recognized, Hey, this is real trend. And then when you did, was there an immediate shift in like your investment strategies? Like, did you like start to play the game towards that, towards this understanding of this market cycle? Yeah, great question. So we started buying land at a good time. So it's it's a great time to buy land at the beginning of these cycles because land prices are going to go up. The challenge is it's hard to find lenders. So my wife literally called three dozen lenders in Asheville and the last bank said, we are just starting to loan on land. Mm. So that's a good that's a good time to start doing that. That's when I started kind of figuring this out, Lame. But here's when it really hit me. 2000, 2019, I'm saying, hey, this is a mid-cycle slowdown, right? And I'm watching everything. I'm watching all the economic indicators. And I'm like, all right, if all this is true, 2020 should be this mid-cycle slowdown, right? And I literally went on a podcast. I have it linked on a lot of my materials because I said, like, go listen to me. Like, I didn't know, but I, you know, I said this. And I said, hey, we, we need to be really cautious going into next year. You know, credit has gone up. You know, there's some, you know, cracks in the economy. And usually what happens during these mid-cycle slowdowns is there's there's like something, like a spark that lights the fire, right? Yeah. But I, I sold everything I had in the stock market in November in anticipation of what I thought. I bet I bet heavy on this. And then we stopped. Oh, 2019 or 2020? It was 19, yeah. 2019. 19? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It was like November 26, 2019, I think it was. Should have so threw it all in Bitcoin, huh? <laughs> we can talk about that. But anyway, so, uh, so, but the other thing was I, I started because I was like, hey, if there's going to be a slowdown, we shifted from, you know, like value, like um, deeper value add apartments to higher quality, like class A type apartments okay. um, that do well. So again, like what, what does well in the early part of, of the cycle are um, you're going to do well with like development because it's cheaper to build. You can pick up land cheaper, you know, so you're going to have higher profit margins there. As the cycle accelerates, you're going to do better with more value add type product because rents are going to be increasing during yeah. that period. And then during the second phase of the cycle, you're going to want to have um, higher cash flow properties like short term rentals, car washes to me, like mobile home parks, things that have, you know, uh, more margins, um, mm. but also higher quality properties because you want to kind of prepare for for this slowdown that's coming up. So when 2020 hit La May, I was like, holy shit, excuse my language, but I was like, <laughs> that's what I, I was like, holy shit, um, this is crazy because the last crisis during the mid-cycle slowdown was 9-11. Yeah. And it was like, this is really, this is really wild. So I really started paying attention because I was in the medical device space still at the time and real estate. So I was all over the COVID information. I was following everything. 
And I actually, I thought it was going to be worse than it was initially. And then we, we started buying pretty heavy kind of towards the mid end of 2020. Cause I said, I didn't think, yep. it, I didn't think COVID was as bad. Like I think the government did a poor job handling it, but I didn't think it was, it was kind of as bad as, you know, they were talking about a three perception, 3% fatality rate initially. Fortunately, it wasn't that high. So uh, right. that, that's when it really all came together for me. And I became yeah. a, a true believer. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs, so one day, I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out. And immediately, my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. So I, I know you've already kind of hinted towards it, but like, let's, let's, where are we at right now? It sounds yeah. like the mid, mid cycle was uh, 2020 in your eyes. So where does that put us right now on this cycle? Yes. So, and, and I'll walk back since we don't have like slides here. So if you're listening, you can kind of follow and excuse me one moment. So if, if the, if kind of the beginning of the last cycle was was about the beginning of 2012 um, and seven years forward would be, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 20, 2012 was the beginning, not not the beginning of 2012, but 2012 was the beginning. And you walk forward seven years. You're talking about the end of 2019 was mm -hmm. kind of where the mid-cycle slowdown occurred. Right. And then we came out of COVID. So call it halfway through, you know, 2027. So another seven years is 2020 to 2027 is the second seven-year period so we're smack in the middle of the second seven-year upswing of this cycle is where we are right now so would you say then that because uh because you mentioned the slowdown i guess how long is that mid slowdown you said it was about a year and i think i mean because we've seen it pretty much between beginning of 2022 to now right and and so that was the slowdown you would say i i think the slowdown was covid Okay. Okay. I think the so mid-cycle slowdown was COVID, and I think that the oversized stimulus that the government threw in there had a had a snap out of it faster than some of the other slowdowns that had occurred. But you, what you see, because the general economy, the underlying economy, is typically strong during these mid-cycle slowdowns, the government has the ability to put a lot of money in to the economy. Okay. And yeah, and and consumers aren't aren't stressed at that time. There's still credit creation that's, that's going out there. So typically the economy snaps back, you know, pretty quickly during those times. So yeah, I think we're, we're about halfway through that second seven year period right now, which would set us up for kind of a peak in 26 ish, 27, somewhere around there. So what do we do now between yeah. this, it's January, 2024 to you yeah. said 2026, 2027, right around there. Right. Yeah. So what, what yeah. should I, if I'm listening to this right now, especially knowing a lot of us are in short-term rentals, yes. what should I be focusing on for the next two to three years? Yeah. So again, like I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm always, I'm always like, Hey, things are, things are good. Like we can figure out a way out of this. I, I think that, you know, all the, all the crazy stuff that people are talking about in the election year, I, I think that 
you know, the American people are, are phenomenal at solving problems. You know, entrepreneurs solve problems. We're a, we're a country based upon entrepreneurship, right? So first off, I'm, I'm very, I'm very optimistic, but if I said, Hey, you know, I think there's a slowdown coming, like, like, what do you do? So I think, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not giving financial advice, but I think for me, number one, I think it's important to minimize debt, you know, like have appropriate debt, make sure you have reasonable um, loan to value. I'm, I'm trying to accumulate as much cash as I can in a, in a responsible manner. So, you know, we have, we have a lot of, a lot of real estate investments and we're not selling everything, but we are focused on quality. So, you know, we want good quality properties that people are, are going to want to live in or utilize even during, during a slow economic time. I mentioned mobile home parks before there's, they perform very well during economic slowdowns because there's nothing more affordable to live in. Hmm. Um, you know, high quality, you know, class A properties do well, you know, all, all these things do well. Car washes actually do well too, because people like to feel good and they're kind of cheap, you know, from a, from a per use perspective. So, but, uh, we're, we're big fans of, of cash value life insurance. We have a lot of cash that we keep in there. So if you're a real estate investor, you probably don't like that. A lot of cash in the bank, you know, we get nice, nice high rates. We actually have a whole section on our website under uh, our banking portion there that talks about, about that, if that's something you're interested in. Um, but from a short-term rental perspective, I would, again, I think the same rules apply. You want, you want to own the best properties, right? Yeah. And Kyle, I know you've talked about this. You know, like you want to own the best properties. They typically are going to outperform. Um, you want your operations to be super tight, right? Um, yep. Because during pullbacks, this is actually a period of opportunity when, when true, you know, generational wealth can be created. And, and what creates that? Knowledge, strong operations. So if you're a strong operator, what if you can buy out your competitors, right? Yeah. During, during a time, right? Mm -hmm. So to buy out your competitors, you need to have strong operations. You need to have some cash on hand to be able to do that. Hmm. And then you don't want to be over leveraged either. Right. So you yeah. want to have some cash reserves. You want to say, okay, you know, if, if you're buying properties, you want to maybe be more conservative on the underwriting yeah. and say, Hey, can we, you know, what if our vacancy rates go up, you know, or are we still going to be in a good spot um, to do that? And then you also, I, you know, you may want to consider, you know, what markets you're in, you know, yeah. if there is, if there is a downturn, um, you know, Asheville, you know, tends to do well during downturns because people still travel regionally and come to Asheville. You know, I know international travel slowed down a lot during COVID. Um, and you probably know more about these trends, gentlemen, than I do. But, you know, I would look and say, hey, what, you know, how has the economy performed during, you know, these down periods and what properties have done the best? I would look at those things. So just to recap, you know, have a little bit more cash on hand, both yep. for opportunistic purchases as well as a cushion. Um, make sure you're not over leveraged. Make sure your operations are strong, and then look at look at how the um, asset classes that you're in today have performed during those downturns. Now, I'll I'll say the last thing is I don't know what this downturn will look like. You know, who knows if there's civil unrest or anything like that? No. You know, that's that's I'm not a I'm not a. You can go listen to a prepper podcast and and talk about <laughs> that stuff. So, so so now that you you know, ha are sold on this, on this, and you've proven the concept, right? As you've lived throughout your real estate career. I mean, is this something that you guys are, are pretty much living and dying by? Like pretty much like, like in 2026, you guys tend to go and are you guys planning to go and sell, right? Like you did in 2019 and then re-up maybe later or? So that's a good question. So I sold everything in the stock market. Um, okay. And I think the stock market is, it's a, 
essentially it, it prices the future, right? So, you know, if, if you're listening to me and you're like, I don't know about this guy, that's cool. I think you should be skeptical without a doubt. Um, and go, go look for, for these things yourself, but, but look for, look for what the stock market does here in yeah. the next couple of years. If we see a, a top in the stock market, I think you could say, okay, you know, I should, I should be wary of what may be yeah. coming in the real estate market. Cause usually the real estate market turns over a, about 18 months to two years after the stock market peaks. And again, you can go back and, and look through history and, and see if that's right. But that, that's probably one thing to do. We are taking profits in properties where you know they're more speculative. We're, take, we're taking an opportunity to sell off some of those properties. I personally, anything, you know, all of our, um, our loan to values are all like 50 to, I don't even know if we have anything that's 70% loan to value anymore. It's all below 70% oh. okay. um, in our properties. So we have, you know, enough equity, which means our cash flow tends to be higher as well yeah. on most of our stuff. So you still want, again, like I still want properties. I still want cash flow, um, yeah. but I, I am taking some chips off the table during yeah. this next yeah. couple of years. Yeah. So you, you've mentioned around COVID, right? The government is one of those entities that essentially has the power to be able to snap it out and control kind of the cycle a bit or influence it. Have you seen over the course of, especially fairly recently, the last 18 years, 20 years, have you seen there be any other major, like especially real estate disruptors of the cycle? Like Airbnb, for example, right? Yeah. Like when yeah. that came in, that was a huge disruption to hotels. Yes. Did that affect you know, this cycle, has there been other things like Airbnb that has affected it? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's it's two separate things, right? We have the kind of the technology and the um, um, societal trends, as I mentioned, yeah. and then we have kind of the underlying, you know, financial cycle. So, you know, the what happens when really is the banks create credit and, and lend, right? That gives us as investors the ability to go out and, and buy properties and leverage and, and do a lot of the things. 100%. When banks stop lending, that's it becomes challenging, right? Yep. From an investor. So if you can't get money, you you don't want to be stuck and squeezed in a spot where you have to get money from the bank to be able to operate, right? Yep. Um, so so that's the first piece. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking here. I mean, I think Airbnb has been an amazing trend. I mean, when we bought the property we live in here um in Asheville, we we planned to have an Airbnb on it. And that was yep. 10 years ago. But you know, I, I think that's the other thing. You want to look and say, um, you can divide strategies into like, can something be disintermediated, right? Like Airbnb it's, it's around, but like, could something disrupt that trend? Like, mm -hmm. what would that, what would that be that would come along and do that? Yeah, I would be aware of that. I look and say like, is there something that can disrupt the multifamily trend? You know, can we come along and 3d print homes at a cheaper, cheaper rate? I think we're a good ways away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I don't. I know I'm not giving you a great answer, but no, I, I'm great. always looking for these these different trends that can help do, accelerate. Do you foresee any of that? Any any new disruptor coming about? Ooh. Say that like, one more time, Lame. Do you foresee any disruption? Like, for example, creative yes. finance, right? Like seller finance. Yeah, these are all things that are you know real oh, things. Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. So that's a yeah, that's another. These have been really good questions. So, you know, we were buying like distressed debt, you know, 10, 15 years ago because. There was distressed debt that was out there, you know, because of the, you know, great financial crisis. Now we're seeing owner financing come back in. Mm -hmm. So I know you guys have probably seen this too. Like you, you can get more creative when rates go higher because there's less money going exactly. around. Exactly. So, 
yeah, and this, re again, this is a repeating trend. So, you know, you might not be able to buy a foreclosure today and turn it into an Airbnb, but my bet would be in, in five or so years, you're going to be able to. Yeah. Um, like that's going to be, there's probably going to be more options. So if you're listening, you know, somebody like Lamine that can teach you these things, you know, creative financing, you'd be like, well, why would I need to know about creative financing? I just get a loan from the bank. If you learn about it now, it may be valuable um, in the future. Another trend I see coming, so we have, you know, we have the housing affordability, which is a problem right now, which I think mobile home parks are a great way to uh, do that. And we, we, we uh, work with our investors um, on those. We have uh, a mobile home park fund um, that we just launched here last year. But I think the big thing that nobody's talking about right now, I just heard this on a uh, podcast this morning. You know, one of the things I've been saying for years is that we're screwed politically from a financial perspective because you have, and look, I don't, I don't care what, who you are politically, just look, hear me out. <laughs> if the Democrats typically support, you know, what's been called like the nanny state or um, entitlements for kind of like lower income sectors of the population, right? Sure. We have Medicare, we have Medicaid, then we have Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid, typically, I'm sorry, Medicaid, that typical voting block goes for the Democrats. Medicare and Social Security typically vote for Republicans. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump just came out and said, why would you vote for Nikki Haley? She's going to yep. restructure Social Security, which needs to be done, by the way, because taxes have to go up 50% to balance the budget. And Trump said, I'm not going to do that. And I said, we're going to be screwed politically because one side is beholden to one, one half and the other is the other half, and neither, neither wants to fix it. But that same thing that Donald Trump is latching onto is something that people aren't talking about, which is senior housing. So our population is mm. aging. Mm. What are yeah. we going to do? We're yeah. we're because that that section got apps that sector asset class got absolutely demolished during COVID. So if you're looking for kind of what's coming up next, I would I would also start to investigate senior housing. And there's some there's some pretty cool strategies out there um, to so, take advantage of that. So Chris, I I want to summarize really quick here. Yeah. What what I'm hearing from you right is that we want the best properties. Uh, we want quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality properties. Yep. We want the most amount of yep. cash flow. We want cash on hand, and putting Lame on on the hot seat here, right? With creative financing, yeah. I think there's a right way of doing that that fits into what you're talking yeah. about. I also think there's a wrong way to do that, where you're over leveraging yourself and you're just buying mm. properties just to buy properties, right? With a purchase price, let's call it five hundred thousand. Yeah. It's been sitting on the market, and you know, let's say someone comes in and says, "I'll give you." 600,000 because I'm going to do creative finance. Well, now their debt to income or their, their LTV, I should say, is now 80% instead of 50% like you're aiming for. I think there's a right and wrong way of doing this. So if I'm looking right now to use some of these strategies, short-term rentals, mm -hmm. and what I love about what you just have a senior living, a lot of short-term rentals could get transitioned yeah. into that too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, remodel them and maybe, yeah. maybe put it, or maybe... um put an area for a caregiver and then have some accessible areas as well. It could be very, very lucrative. Yeah. yeah. So short-term rentals, creative financing, along with, you know, maybe some additional exit strategies, call it backups or uh, future exit strategies of long-term rentals, senior living, all this stuff. This all sounds like something that would be a great plan, but what are some things that people should look out for to make sure they're doing it the right way and not yeah. just doing a deal to do a deal? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just said, you just made a point, like, um, you can use creative financing, Lame, right? And you can do a hundred percent 
financing, but you can also go do creative financing and and buy like a fixer upper and get a great deal and create a lot of equity and and refinance out and and still be at like sixty or seventy percent LTV. So you know, I think creative financing should always be a tool in your tool belt with respect to that. Um, I think all these rules that we're talking about, Kyle, it's like, hey, don't over leverage yourself. You know, find the highest quality properties. You know, have have some extra cash on hand. Be a little bit more conservative in your underwriting. Like these are all good things that we have not been rewarded for in the past ten years. We've been rewarded for over leveraging because you know rates have been low, cap rates have been falling, property prices have been going up. What happens if that reverses? So if your whole business model is based on property prices going up and interest rates being low, then I think it's now time to say, wait a minute, we need to focus on a business model that may not be as speculative and is more operationally focused. Yeah. Good. It's yeah, good, Chris. Good stuff, man. Yeah. I, I feel like we have a good understanding. I feel like we got a good foundation, but people are going to want to learn more about this. So where can yeah. they find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they yeah. learn more about how to take advantage of this 18 and a half year cycle? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, this is something that I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in Lame as you and I were, we're talking yeah. about here. You can check out our podcast at nextlevelincome.com. Um, we also have a coaching group. If, if people want to want to take a look at that, you can look under our resources section. You can check out our free book. Um, again, you can you can pick this up on Amazon. It's called The Secret Life of Real Estate and Banking. Um, it's by Philip Anderson, um, and he expands it on work done by Fred Harrison. So this is this is something that people have been looking into for for years. Love um, it. And hopefully, I've you know, hey, if if I'm right and you you are conservative and you prepare. Um, hopefully this gave you some value today. If I'm wrong and you leave a little bit of, uh, you know, profit on the table, then you're still going to be okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Chris, you've been awesome, man. Wealth of knowledge. Appreciate you. Oh yeah, man. It's great, great being here. Thank you both gentlemen. Appreciate you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. And uh, guys, if you are not already in the six-figure formula. Make sure that you get into the six-figure formula because we're going to stick around for some Q&A right now with them. Uh, but Chris, thank you so much for jumping on, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Always great to see you, my friend. And Lame, it's been a pleasure. Hey, you as well, brother. Thanks for coming. Thank you. All right, guys. So again, all those resources that Chris just talked about, they are in the show notes. Or if you're watching on YouTube, they're in the description below. Uh, Lame, what'd you think, man? Yeah, what I loved about this, guys, is obviously he has taken, you know, this proof of concept, he's proven through different models, different people that are talking about this market cycle. And he's kind of jumbled it all into one that as you understand it, you can take some real tactical advice for your portfolio as you start to progress. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like I was telling Kyle, like right away, like I need, there's things I need to go and like plan for and implement. Um, and then the other side of it that I really liked about is how he's implementing really these creative strategies to be able to 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 be able to cash flow and to be able to expand his portfolio in these market cycles right um which is really huge and he didn't even call it creative you know yeah. he was just like yeah no this is how i did the deal owner finance seller carrier i was like yeah it's a creative dick right so, <laughs> so yeah those are some of my big takeaways i i got a headache from like all the businesses and all the different things he's doing like, <laughs> like a long list like, yeah. holy cow car so, washes got long yeah. Short-term rentals, senior living. He's got he's got it all, man. But yeah, I that I I really think if you're looking for what should I do next based on the the cycle, based on the trends that I'm seeing, that's the guy to go look at it. You know, there, we've got a few people on the show that 
have strong opinions about the cycles. Um, yep. you know, Michael Zuber with one rental at a time, Chris Miles uh, with Money Ripples. A lot, a lot of people have strong opinions. If this is, and this is one of the things that I've always taken away is if you relate to any of those three, follow one of them. Because if you start to listen to all three, you start getting analysis paralysis. Well, Michael said this, but Chris said this, but other that's Chris great advice, right? And and that's when we just like we get information overload and we don't take any action because we're afraid that we're hearing all these contradictory things. Find the person that you relate the most to that you think is coming with the most prepared information. And I really love it based on what Chris said today. Like, you know, the the cycles, they go back to the 1850s. There's yep. nothing more concrete than that. And he even predicted, to, you know, he didn't predict COVID, right? He, you can't predict COVID, but he predicted in 2019 that 2020 was going to be a down year and he ended up being right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, I'm going to keep looking at what he's predicting, but I would encourage one out here. Team Fearless, go check him out. Yes, sir. Uh, cool. Well, Lame, this was fun, man. Uh, we see you guys again next week. We're helping you to conquer the world, not only of short-term rentals, but just real estate, y'all. And so, again, subscribe, comment, make sure you leave a review, make sure you leave uh, your mark on any of our content because we want to engage with you. Let's you know? go. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, Fearless Investor community, thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.